Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And we are back with author, researcher, explorer, Andrew Collins. And the book is The First Female Pharaoh. Sobek Neferu, Goddess of the Seven Stars. Uh, why is it that we... We don't know about her. Um, why was her hi- why was her history suppressed, Andrew? Well, um, up until the nineteenth century, the only reference to her was in uh, one chronicle of the kings that came out about two hundred and fifty BC, where uh, she's known under the name Schemiophorus, which and is said to be the sister of the king that ruled previous to her, which is Amenemes, which is Amenemet the Fourth, which is her brother. So that's the only reference we have to her. And during the 19th century and the early explorations of the Egyptologists, they started to find her name on um, you know, buildings and things like this and wondered who she was. I mean, you know, quite literally, she was new in the sense that people really didn't know anything about her. And what gradually came out 
is the fact that her reign had obviously been suppressed and that the monuments associated with her had been completely destroyed. Now, she is mentioned in a couple of so-called king lists, but others miss her completely. I mean, there's, there's one set at Abydos in the southern part of, um, of Egypt where it has all the kings, um, you know, in this wall panel of, of all the different cartouches, all the kings, and it's got all the kings up to and including her brother's reign, and then none at all until the beginning of the New Kingdom, which is which starts with the 18th Dynasty, which is where all the the, you know, the famous kings that we know uh, generally come from. So I can understand why they would um, not put uh, the kings from this dark age of, of Egyptian history, because maybe they just wanted to forget about it. However, why why leave her out? And why why is she the first king to be le- um, left out? And it's quite clear that, that they blamed her for this, the onset of this Dark Age. Wrongly so, absolutely wrongly so, because it's clear that she actually kept Egypt alive and allowed it to prosper again in the New Kingdom when that actually rose. And I think that the reason why all this happened is that she, that her death came suddenly. I think that there is evidence that she may have committed suicide although she wouldn't have seen it in terms of suicide as we would do today. It was more like a ritual death. And I think that this probably was done, you know, using hallucinogens, um, psychoactive substances, you know, to quite literally allow her to walk into the afterlife. Um, However, all the indications are that her burial was in secret. Um, She was probably put in a tomb that was prepared for somebody else, um, probably an official, um, you know, and that, that that tomb lies hidden to this day, and you know that's one of the big mysteries. Where is Sobek Nofro? You know, discovering her tomb would be extraordinary. Why, why why did she take her own life? Well, because I think they were coming for her. I think that um, that because she had changed the policies of her brother, who had um, you know who who was actually trying to create a brand new kingdom outside of Egypt in what is today the Sinai. Um, centered around this huge religious center called Sarabat el-Kadam. And he was turning away, not just from, um, from, from Sobek, he was actually venerating the, the, the sun god um, Ra, and in particular his creative form, which was known as Artum. Um, he was moving away completely from everything that her father and the kings before him had achieved. And as I said, they had this open borders policy, and it would seem as if he was he was probably quite young and very um, influenced by the people around him. And I think that there were some factions that very clearly saw this as, being, as Egypt being taken in the wrong direction, so they appealed to her. So she changed everything back when she actually came to the throne. But the problem is that all of this would seriously have upset you know, some of these factions, and they would have been looking for any excuse to get rid of her. And it would seem as if in the third year of her reign, the Nile floods were particularly low. And this is this can be a disaster, because what it means is that the waters don't um, bring the rich nutrients to the Nile Valley, so that trying to grow the next season, you know, grain, whatever, would have failed. And this would have been just the sort of excuse that they would have, you know, used to try and say, look what this woman's doing. You know, she's, um, this would not have happened when, when her brother or her father 
uh, we're, we're ruling the country, you know, we have to get rid of her. And even though, you know, that they couldn't have just pulled her down, I think that they were beginning to sort of find enough reasons to, you know, get rid of her, quite literally take her out. And what's also um, known is that some kings would actually commit suicide um, if there were low Nile floods. In other words, if famine came, because it would obviously be believed that they were not strong enough to actually rule the land, because quite clearly the king and the land were, were, were seen to be one. You know, in other words, the gods were with the king, the king was within the land, and all of them were interlinked. So that if there was any reason to you know, doubt that this was the case, then quite clearly those rivals that would want to um, you know, pull you down, as it were, would you know, come up and say, look, you know, you've, got to, you know, you've, you've got to stop this or you've got to uh, abdicate or kill yourself or whatever it is. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Uh, and so would the would her enemies have also uh, concluded then that the god that she favored, Sobek, the crocodile god, was also ineffectual and therefore yeah, should be replaced absolutely. with Ra? That's exactly it. Because, I mean, Sobek, obviously being a creature of the water, was associated with the Nile floods um, and, you know, was connected with regeneration, rebirth, whatever. So, yes, absolutely. They would have seen uh, the fact that she was making the crocodile god, you know, into this mono- literally a monotheistic uh, religion, uh, definitely a state religion as well, 
would have been something that was pulling the the, the it, you know the, the country in the wrong direction. And quite clearly, this would have come from outside of that priesthood. And I think that the people that were coming for her was the priesthood of Ra, the priesthood of Heliopolis, who were quite clearly in the pocket of her brother, and I think would have been really, really unhappy when he was taken out. So, um, I mean, you you cast aside the the king or the pharaoh and their god, you have the whole regime change, then something yeah. else goes bad, an, a drought, a famine, what have you, they toss out that pharaoh and that god. It's a, it's a wonder that Egypt had any sort of stability. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, acts of God, you know, like famines and floods and whatever, is something which is going to determine how successful, how prosperous uh, a particular dynasty is. And this is why there are so many different dynasties in Egypt, because, you know, they all revolve around families that eventually fail for one reason or another. And, you know, natural disasters are easily a part of that picture. But um, at the end of Sobek-Nofru's reign, that particular dynasty, which is the 12th dynasty, ends. Um, but luckily, she'd managed to, you know, kickstart this, this, this 13th dynasty, which seems to have been uh, founded by the two kings, which um, were the sons of her brother, it would seem. And they were the 13th. But it's important to point out that that wasn't the only dynasty that rose up at that time. The 14th dynasty ran concurrently with it. They ran from the northern part of the country in the Nile Delta, and that is considered to be a Canaanite dynasty. In other words, it was a strong Semitic Canaanite dynasty of kings, and it was they who made way and paved the way for the incoming um, Hyksos kings who came in probably from somewhere like northern Palestine or possibly as far north as Syria. Uh, and they were the powerful ones. They were the ones that changed everything when they came in. Uh, you mentioned uh, upon her death uh, that she, uh, her, the, the site of her burial is unknown. But it, unless I'm mistaken, it sounded like you were saying that she was supposed to be buried in a in a particular pyramid, but that pyramid was destroyed. I yeah. always thought that the idea of the pyramid as a burial chamber for the pharaohs was simply myth that there were they were never intended to be burial chambers that they were buried in the valley of the kings or, or someplace else are you saying that in some cases pharaohs were entombed in in pyramids oh absolutely yeah yeah definitely i mean obviously the whole pyramid building age was much earlier than well, I say the, the age i mean certainly when it was at its height um during the reigns of pharaohs like khufu Khafre, menkara who were behind the, the three great pyramids on the Giza Plateau. Uh, and shortly after this time, you get what's known as the pyramid texts inside the walls of the pyramids that are the prayers, the spells, the sayings that a pharaoh must use to enter into the last afterlife. There was a very specific journey that had to be undergone. And this would appear to start with going to the, the western horizon and setting just like the sun, in other words, entering into some kind of underworld, and then going through that underworld, which is beneath the earth itself, and known as the Duat, and then rising up just like the sun on the eastern horizon, but then going to the constellation of Orion. And this would be the 
stepping on point to the Milky Way. And then the, the, the spirit, the soul of the pharaoh was then expected to go to the north, um, to the so-called circumpolar stars, the stars that never set, that revolve around the, the center point of the sky, the so-called celestial pole. Um, and there they will enter the afterlife and also become as a star themselves. That, that was the journey. But it would seem as if during the time of Sobek Nofru, they were still building pyramids and they were being intended for use. Um, but the style and design of her pyramid was completely unique. I spent a whole chapter talking about this. The direction of orientation, everything was changed. And also, it was aligned very specifically to one star. And that star was Eltonan, which is the brightest star in the constellation of Draco. Um, and this seems to have been a star that was particularly important to her. It represented the eye of the crocodile god Sobek. Um, so this is where this whole idea of her being the goddess of the seven stars comes into it, because even though most people would have never heard of Sobek Nofru, the fact is we, we all know her in one way, and that's because she is the Egyptian royal female that rises from the dead in every horror film that has you know, a woman, every mummy that rises from the dead. It's her. And the reason for this is that all of these films are based on one book, and that's The Jewel of Seven Stars by Bram Stoker, the writer, the Irish writer of Dracula. Now, he bought this book out in 1903, Jewel of Seven Stars, and it seems very much as if the main antagonist of the book, you know, this, this uh, Egyptian female pharaoh, is definitely based on Sobek Nofra. And the reason why he chose her is because some of the Egyptologists of that century were writing about Sobek Nofra and saying, you know, who is this woman? What She seems to have been incredibly important. She seems to have created this whole cult, this religious cult, or revived this, this cult of the stars, the seven stars, you know, what, what more do we know about her? And that seems to have impressed Bram Stoker enough to use her in his book. Uh, so, I mean, is she deserving of that sort of literary treatment or, or, was, or was she more benevolent or was she? I mean, I mean, everything that I found out, about, I think she was a good woman. I think that she was doing what she needed to do um, to save Egypt, to continue what's known as Mart, which means cosmic order, you know, divine truth. And that's the ultimate aim of every pharaoh, you know, to, to create that cosmic balance, you know, so that the, the country will continue creation, continue to prosper. And, she, you know, she was that. She, she was creating the cosmic order in Egypt, but at a price. And I think that the price was that when eventually she knew that, you know, people were coming for her, I think that she decided that for the, it was best for the country that she took herself out, that, so she committed suicide, she committed this ritual death, in exactly the same manner as Cleopatra, remember. Cleopatra also uh, committed suicide at the end of her life, and almost certainly in exactly the same way literally walking into the afterlife by taking a cocktail of drugs. The whole idea of Cleopatra, for instance, being bitten by a snake and her dying through uh, snake venom is, is just a myth, basically. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.